This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. RCA's local inpatient and outpatient programs are founded on science and delivered with heart from an expert caring team who will inspire and guide you every step of the way. Call 1-800-941-2358 to speak with a treatment advisor. At RCA, you'll be in a community that builds connections and fosters support from peers and RCA's team of medical professionals. At RCA's state-of-the-art campuses, they tailor your treatment treatment to you and also offer specialized programs for patients with history of trauma or relapse, for young adults, for adults 50 plus, for LGBTQ patients who wish to seek treatment without worry of stigmas, a confidential program for first responders and military, and a faith-based program. Recovery Centers of America accepts patients 24-7 and is in network with most insurance providers. Don't wait. Call 1-800-941-2358. Hey, guys. This is the wrap-up. We had a couple technical difficulties. We won't say necessarily what happened. Um, it was me. It was me, okay? My mic wasn't working. No. Um, it's good to have you guys here. It is almost 1 in the morning Eastern time, so we really appreciate you guys all coming through. Uh, this was the this is the wrap-up. Obviously, you can probably tell that by now. The Raptors Republic official post-game live show. We've got myself, Sahal Abdi here, as well as Oren, uh, coming to you after a game where the Toronto Raptors lost unfortunately 105 to 100 bringing the Raptors record to 27 wins and 39 losses on the season um second game in LA they played the Lakers Sunday night Oren um this one was versus the Clippers someone said why is the hall on the right I'm freaked out um this is part of the difficulties no um we're just switching it up you guys don't like me on the right okay we'll switch it up maybe we'll put myself on the left no um yeah sure Warren, second game versus la sunday night versus the lakers big win lowry and siakam obviously did great in that one in this one though lowry was out as well as og ananobi um you know the raptors looked good in this game and to be quite honest with you Orin, i didn't expect them to win this game um and they were in it till quite literally the last minute um where reggie jackson hit a massive three um you know, Paul George hit a, hit a big three in the last few minutes. Um, it was honestly pretty, you know, sad because it felt like if there's one game that the Raptors probably should have won, it was probably this one because they just it just felt like they were up the entire game. Well, and you then, missed the Jazz game. I'll tell you that right now. Okay. That, that was worse. That was but yeah. Okay, that was yeah. bad. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this game was kind of weird, Oren, because Kawhi Leonard wasn't all that aggressive with his shot. Um, I still don't understand why he only had six field goal attempts in the game. He looked frustrated the entire game, finished with 13 points. He was a plus 20, though, so whenever he was in the game, the Clippers seemed to be doing something right. Um, Siakam had a very strong game. Fred Van Vliet had a very strong game, um, and then the rest was just spread out 
amongst many Raptors. I like Ken Birch as well. We'll probably talk about him later in the show. Um, but I was just, you know, going through the comments as we were getting prepared to go. Um, and obviously with a game ending late, um, people are stressed out. You know, I have my tea here. I was, I was talking to my friend, William Liu. I was like, buddy, um, you know, I can't be drinking coffee this late. And I know me and Orin are tired. Everyone in here is tired. What would you suggest? And, and he goes, I have a tea every single game. So, uh, every single late night game. So is that I think a caffeinated that's gonna be the, tea or is it herbal it, tea? It's caffeinated, man. Wow. But to be honest, it just makes me feel better. It makes me feel better because I don't know. Maybe it's just a placebo for me. I don't know. I just feel if like I had, coffee doesn't. Yeah, if I had a caffeinated tea this late, I would not sleep that well. I think. Mm-hmm. But That's probably I'll, gonna be me. I'll often have one at like six p.m. around there. Mm-hmm. I do have. I feel like the the late. last Lakers game on Sunday night, I was just struggling. Um, yeah, I don't know no. if you guys could tell. It's, it's uh, We're not used to, you know, Raptors fans, uh, Raptors writers. We're just, no one's really used to 10 p.m. starts. Uh, we get them like four, maybe five times in an entire season. And it usually comes against the L.A. teams, the West, the deep West Coast team. So I'm not going to complain. I mean, the Clippers and Lakers are fun to watch. Um, in this game, uh, Marcus Morris turned into, you know, Michael Jordan. Um, so that was unfortunate. And then Paul George... Had a pretty good game himself um, with 22 points, nine rebounds, and four assists. So, Orin, I'm going to let you talk for a bit. What stood out to you in this game? Did you not like, you know, the Raptors' capitulation um, late in the fourth? Is anyone at fault? Um, Are you happy with the way the Raptors played? Give me your thoughts on the game. I'm actually, like, really happy with everything. Uh, It was kind of like a best-case scenario in a lot of ways, because realistically, the Raptors are out of the play-in game. Um, their chances kind of, after that, the, the last couple losses before the Lakers game of the Jazz and the Nuggets, the, their chances really became slim to none. So the, the Raptors, bearing any, you know, miracle, they're not going to make the play-in game. So at this point, you know, now I'm finally on the, I guess, tank side where there's no point in just moving up the wins ladder when you're going to be in the lottery. Anyways, if we're going to be in the lottery, I'd rather have the best odds in the lottery. So, you know, I didn't really want them to win this game. And, but I also wanted to see some like good development stuff. I wanted them to be competitive. And I, I think we saw all that. It was another fourth quarter collapse. So like, yeah, same issues are plaguing the Raptors as always with the depth and guys kind of losing their legs late, playing too many minutes, too much, of a load on Siakam and Fred, but I, I liked it. I liked their game plan. They did a great job on Kawhi, sent a lot of doubles his way. We're not letting him do anything comfortably. And then Fred and Siakam really carried the team. And it was uh, shaping up to be similar to last night where Kyle and Siakam carried them to victory. Um, Unfortunately, we could not get them. I mean, Fred and, and Siakam today could not, get them the dub, but they did about everything they could combine for, I think, 51 points. Fred was amazing. But before we talk about Siakam and Fred, because I think we should, and we have some yeah. clips, um, can you show the video, the one that's called Good D, though? This, this oh, was, yeah, I absolutely. think, I think this was like the turning point of the game where mm-hmm. uh, the Raptors caused a turnover late. Siakam got another fast break opportunity. And, you know, he basically took uh, – Paul George took 
took the charge on him. And it's just one of those tough plays that I feel like Siakam, he used to be so much better in transition. Like if you look at his efficiency numbers this year compared to last, like this year he's just plummeted in transition. And it's been a lot of this. I mean, it was kind of similar. This reminded me of the Knicks game when he took the double dribble uh, late in the game. Mm Mm-hmm. But it was an interesting play because at first I thought he was going to pass it to Kem, and I thought that would have kind of been a bad idea. Um, like right, right here, I thought he was going to pass it to Kem, which I mean, maybe he could have outrun him. But usually, a center putting the ball on the floor in that kind of situation, you don't really want it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Paul George made a really nice play to kind of fake it out, and then at the last minute, plant his feet and take a charge. But uh, yeah, Siakam really needs to he needs to be more composed late game. Yeah. He just seemed very jittery there. Um, I love how this play started. Uh, obviously Kawhi with Fred on him, he gets into the post, he gets into the post super deep almost immediately. Um, we know, you know, Kawhi has been a Raptor, so we know how strong he is. I mean, you don't really understand how strong he is till you watch him play or you see him up close, which I got the benefit of seeing both. And Kawhi is not only massive. Like, that guy's shoulders, he's cut, man. Like, he's a massive guy. Um, so the fact that – and I know this is Fred Van Fleet. Fred Van Fleet is barely six feet. The guy's a goddamn garden gnome, with all due respect. But, um, you know, Kawhi gets super deep here, and immediately Pascal recognizes that. And I was kind of scared because – if you look at the Clippers here, they have Marcus Morris, who was absolutely killing the Raptors from deep in this game. They have him in the corner. And I was watching the Clippers broadcast, and they kept mentioning how the Clippers are the best three-point shooting team in the league. They have the best corner shooting percentage in the league, 48% from the corner. I had to write that down so I didn't forget. Um, and a lot of that has to do with guys like Marcus Morris, who just camp out in the corner, and they hit the shots they're supposed to hit. And Siakam took a big risk here. Um, and normally, I, I kind of put this on Kawhi because I'm going to just play it a little longer. Um, Utah's there on Reggie, so that's not really an option. Um, Marcus is open, and the Raptors took a risk there. Yeah, it's but just a great double. That's really good defense, though, because the Raptors recognize, like, in Siakam's double, he's kind of doing it in a way that the one pass that he's taking away is that Marcus Morris pass. Yeah. And I think that's where Kawhi tried to go, um, and that's what caused the deflection because, you know, Cam sank, and yeah. yeah it was great defense by the Raptors, for sure. And, I, and I've been, I was impressed with Fred defensively because he took Paul George a lot, and even... Kawhi a few possessions this game like Paul George was kind of his primary in the fourth and Paul George has like six inches on him and didn't really matter like no one was really blowing by Fred um but yeah the difference really was like the three-point shooting the 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 Clippers shot uh 44 from three the Raptors shot 34 percent and it was a five-point game so I mean that's one way you can look at it for sure and I think the yeah. Raptors have an argument to say that they were better overall. Um, they were a better team, but they just couldn't get it finished like we're used to seeing. And this was a big play. Why? But like, I don't want to harp on Siakam. This is one mistake he made in a game where he was really great. And so was Fred Van Vliet. Like Fred played 41 minutes. Yeah, He had 13 assists, two block, two steals and a block. 
um 27 points he was just he was impressing me i I don't know do you can you play that uh play i think it's called unfortunately i don't have the clips today but uh the one the one that's like good pass Mm -hmm. because this one is just something fred never used to be able to do and he tricked me watching like when i was watching this but i don't know yeah i don't know about you but i thought he threw it out like when he actually a kyle lowry pass like that looked a lot like Kyle Lowry does a lot of those like jump passes where it looks like he's completely ran out of options. Um, and the easy pass or like the most likely pass that we would expect from Fred here um, right there as everyone starts collapsing is, yeah. is the pass to Siakam. But you see Reggie Jackson's closing that off almost immediately. Uh, he leaves Ken Birch kind of on the free throw line. But at that point, the only correct option would have been a cutting DeAndre Bembry, who again, or in this guy is the best cutter, one of the best cutters on the Raptors, if not the best, other than maybe OG. He just cuts at the absolute perfect moments um, for guards like Kyle Lowry and Fred VanVleet. Like, this was a perfect cut. He could have just stayed in the corner there. But if he stays in the corner, you see Marcus Morris with the headband on. He maybe seals that off. Maybe he tips that. The only good pass here would have been DeAndre Bembry, and DeAndre goes up immediately, catches it, goes up, and gets fouled from a jumping Zubak. So... This was nice, man. This was very good from Fred. Yeah, that's just like the progression within this one season. He's taken as a playmaker has been pretty unreal. And if you're a Raptors fan, it should make you very optimistic about his, you know, next few seasons because Fred just keeps getting better every single year. And this was probably his best game of the season, to be honest. He had everything. He had the mid-range. He took a floater or two, which is kind of new for him. Mm -hmm. He mm-hmm. finished at the rim really efficiently. And this playmaking is just like he could never really in the past make the next read. Like it was always the yeah, most man. basic read for him. And that would have been Siakam. But Siakam's not shooting the ball well at all. So that would have probably end up in either a clank three or, you know, a reset. And instead he finds a guy for an easy two points. And then and then after that, he also had the, the thing on Paul George where he blew by called Paul George. And got the and one, which was the other play I wanted to highlight from Fred Van Vliet, who, yeah, yeah he Fred, carried them. Fred, it was like Kyle. Incredible. It yeah. was it was very much like watching Kyle yesterday or two days ago against two the Lakers ago. was yeah. watching Fred Van Vliet today. Um, and this that's not just, just... Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, this was just a, an ISO against maybe Oren, one of the best perimeter defenders in the league or just overall defenders in Paul George. Um, people have been giving their flowers to, to Ben Simmons all year, rightfully so, but people have been forgetting Paul George has been an elite-level defender for six, seven, eight years now. Um, so, I mean, the confidence in Fred to just take George here, size him up. You know, Marcus is fine with leaving Paul George on an island like that and just blows past him with the finish with Zubak literally crushing him and somehow still complaining about the foul. I don't understand. I don't understand that at all. Uh, let me watch this again. Yeah, no, I don't understand that either. It was very clearly a foul. <laughs> like he just jumps into he him. He jumped like, into him, yeah. And then he's like, what? You're calling that on me? And Kawhi just looks to the ground like, oh, Lord. Um, this was this was great. Could have, you know, could have done one of those Fred things, Orin, where he just, you know, sizes you up, pulls it back, and shoots one of those contested kind of fadeaway threes. Um, but he said, hell no, I'm taking it inside and the Raptors had a lot of success in the paint attacking Zubak. They had a lot of success. Um, 
you know, yeah, and cousins off, off ball. Yeah. Ken Birch was doing a great job as well. He was just finding every gap possible. If you even just watch Ken Birch on this play, I'm gonna play it one more time. If you just watch Ken Birch and just the way he tracks the ball, he's he's on the far side of the court and he's just waiting for that drive that he knows is coming, and then he just finds that gap right there. Right. And if Fred misses that and it's not called a foul, I think Kem comes up with that yeah. on the glass. So. And even if, if he didn't shoot it, Kem would have been there, which we saw a bunch today in the fourth quarter, just yeah. kind of for that pocket pass where he can go up for that little floater in the middle of the paint. So you're right. Kem's uh, really good at shooting gaps, finding some open space on the floor, and he has good enough teammates who can get him the ball in those positions and he's become a really big part of the offense. I would say a bigger part of the offense than I envisioned. Um, and, and, and a lot of that is on him, just his ability to find those spots and, and want the ball and, you know, convert on a lot of those floaters and mid-range push shots. Mm-hmm. Ken Birch is a guy I wanted to talk about, Oren. Like, this is a guy that we, every single game I watch this guy, I'm like, goodness, the difference you see, man. The difference you see in the in the Raptors center situation since they've gone Ken Birch and then before, it is literally night and day, man. Like you look at this game and, and honestly you look at it and a lot of people will complain and say, you know, Kem had a minus ten, but you know, he had eight rebounds, played thirty two minutes in a game where he was giving Zubak hell on the glass. I, I feel like it he had eight rebounds, Orin, but it felt like he had like fifteen because he had a lot of those tips and uh, a lot. He was just very energetic around the rim. Um, things you see from Kem Birch quite a bit. Zubak just looked frustrated. Um, Kem is just—he's he, just a super athlete. So he, you know, Zubak might be taller than him. He might have, you know, a bigger wingspan just by a little bit because Kem Birch's wingspan is massive. But Kem looked good, man. Kem yeah. looked damn good in this game, man. Defensively and offensively, especially around the glass. Yeah, I just realized. Oh, okay. So I can put clips in the studio, but you have to play them. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, this I think this was the offensive rebound that I put in, and mm-hmm. that he I think they got called for a foul on. But yeah, yeah it, it was it's similar to the play screen. you just watched. His timing is really good on following these these yeah. uh, offensive rebounds and. Yeah, I mean, I've I've talked about Cam a lot recently. I feel I felt like if anything, this was actually like a little bit of a step down from what we've seen over the past few days from him. But like, yeah. those were those were pr- pretty spectacular games. And I don't know, maybe the the Clippers just kind of you know they're such a perimeter oriented team that it's harder to see Birch's impact in like at the rim because they really didn't do much damage at the rim. They're more of a jump shooting team. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's yeah. been very good for us. The, the reason this play was even possible was just this screen from Cam. And Paul George yeah. loves – what I love about Paul George is that, you know, he, what makes a good defender great or even a great defender elite is when you see the opposing player having so much success and you, you're, you're, you're itching to guard him. And Paul knew, you know, the entire game that Fred has, was just cooking. He was cooking – the Clippers all game long and, and he stepped up um, and he knew he wasn't going under any Fred three that you don't go under a Fred Van Fleet, you know, screen because he's likely just going to pull it. And in this game, he was mo- more than likely going to hit it. So Kemp sets an incredible screen here. And this screen is, is really what gives him this lane to the rim. And Zubak obviously has to cut off 
that middle section. Um, so Fred doesn't have an easy, you know, coast to the rim and, and Birch just goes straight to the rim. He knows that shot's eventually going to come. And now who's in there? It's, it's Marcus Morris <laughs> boxing out Ken Birch. That's not going to happen. You see Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jackson down there as well. He's not going to do nothing when Ken Birch is in the paint. And this is easy. This is, this is food for Ken Birch. And he grabs the offensive rebound with, with ease. I want to say with ease, but obviously Marcus Morris had no, ch- no, cho- no choice, I want to say, but to foul the living hell out of him. Um, but this was great. This is, this is another example of why Ken Birch is so valuable for Toronto. Not just the screening, but just the athleticism, the ability to pop off those screens and then his energy around the glass. Yeah. Um, I, lo- I love Ken. Yeah, and the other guy I feel like we should talk about is Siakam. Mm-hmm. Who um, saved the best for last? Uh, people in the comments might not want to hear that because I saw what you guys were writing. You know, when we first got in here about yeah. Siakam, I know a lot of people, Oren, were um, not really happy with you know that specific play that we outlined, where a great defensive possession turned into an offensive foul on Pascal Siakam. A very good defensive play from Paul George, who again is one of the best, better defenders in the league. Um, yeah, man, it was it was a game for Pascal where, you know, you're excited for him, you're happy for him, and he's doing all the cooking. He's coming off a great game Sunday night versus the Lakers, 39 points. And then, you know, he has another great game tonight. Um, but when the chips really, you know, need to fall and when the baskets need to go in, um, you know, Pascal, I don't want to say crumbles, but, you know, we're very used to seeing Pascal maybe in the last two minutes um, you know, take an offensive foul or turnover or something like that. Um, what did you think about Pascal's game? I don't want to mince words. Yeah, um, I thought he was really good. I feel like he's looked pretty different. He went through like a little stretch there where he was just not very confident, wasn't shooting that much, wasn't really yeah, 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 um, yeah. efficient, was just being more passive and you know 10 for 24 is not the most efficient game but it shows that he wants the ball and that he's getting to the rim like almost like he he talked a little bit about how he was shooting more of these like mid-range floaters and stuff because getting to the rim all this time and not um not ending up getting foul calls is just taking a toll on his body so he's making it more of an, a point to take these mid-range pull-ups but i mean he's also getting to the rim and like i love when he makes plays like this because i like when he like doesn't give the defense much time to to really react and like think about okay who's gonna help who's gonna come over and it's more of just like a rip through action i mean this is a ball screen which paul george just kind of guesses wrong but i like i like confident Siakam I like it when he's making quicker decisions with the ball and like people want to be mad about the mistake that he made with the charge and that's fair because it's happened too much this season where late in games he makes a mistake um but at the same time for the majority of the game I thought he was really good he had three steals yeah like offense was one thing he had 24 points and was really getting past Paul George whenever he wanted. And you can see Kawhi pretty mad on that play. But <laughs> defensively was really the, the impressive because he was on Paul George or Kawhi the whole game. The whole yeah. game he was on one of those two. And, you know, the whole reason the Raptors played so well was, I thought, 
they kept guys in front of them. Like um, the the Clippers are a jump shooting team, but they want to drive and kick. And the Raptors just didn't let them get it, get past them in the perimeter to set up those easy outlets. And that's why like in the first half, especially the Clippers really struggled to score. So Siakam definitely like, I feel like, I don't know, maybe tell me if you agree with this. I feel like yeah. when he's good offensively, and when he's like having a good scoring night, he also is good defensively. And then I feel yeah. like the nights where he's like not shooting well offensively um, and he's passive, I feel like those are the nights where he's getting blown by more on the defensive end. 100%. I feel like Pascal's game, the, the word I use most is is confidence. And when you, you see it offensively, you're going to see it defensively as well. It's like, he picks himself up with one side of the ball. He could be playing really, really well defensively. Um, but I think offensively, you know, specifically when he's doing really well offensively, efficient, you know, getting to the rim like he did it on, a, on, on a really good defender in Paul George, really at will the entire game. Um, this is a guy that it translates. It translates over to his defense. And you, you saw it in the earlier clip that we played versus Kawhi, you know, Kawhi Leonard and cuts him off completely. Um, Kawhi doesn't have that corner pass and it turns into a turnover and uh, for the Clippers. And, you know, obviously that, that play didn't, you know, finish the way Pascal probably wanted it to finish. But, you know, this isn't a game I think you can really say is, is Pascal's fault. Like, because as much as you want to say, you know, that last, you know, offensive foul is, is on him or whatever it is, you know, Stanley Johnson and Utah together were a minus 28 on the court. Uh, Fred was a plus one. Pascal was a minus four. Um, and Ken Birch was a minus 10. So, you know, if there's two guys you probably just don't want to say anything to in the locker room, or, and it's probably Fred Van Vliet and, and Ken Bur- and uh, sorry, and Pascal, um, you know, the bench did what they could. I liked what I saw from Jalen Harris. He didn't miss a shot today. He was four for four. He had 11 yeah. points. Um, so I liked what I saw. I mean, the bench, you can't really ask for more. Yeah, I just added it. This up. 17, I, 18, 25. 25 bench points. I just which, added a clip of, of Jalen Harris. You yeah, I, I, I love I loved what I saw from Jalen, Jalen Harris. And Same. that's what you, you need. You need this he, from Jalen. I don't know if he wears his, his shorts high or if he just has really like <laughs> long legs. You know, he looks like a gazelle. Um, I think it's he short looks like a track athlete, like the way his body yeah. is shaped. But uh, yeah, no, Jalen Harris was also Very impressive to me. Torso. This was really our first time actually getting to see him, like in significant non-garbage time minutes. And mm. he shot four for four, three from three from three-point line. Had mm. the most bench points on the team. Um, and like it's 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 still hard to get a good feel on him for sure because it was not a lot of minutes and. Not a lot of uh, stuff to go off, but obviously he's a good shooter. Obviously he's an athletic guy with some some burst and some punch. And um, defensively, he doesn't look out of place either, which is nice. But uh, I guess I guess it's just what is he doing when he's not spot up shooting? Where yeah. what kind of offense does he have? Is he going to make plays for his teammates? Is he going to blow by guys and kick it out? Like that's what I'm yet to see from him. Um, but in terms of the spot up shooting and the defense, it's both it's both pretty good. And uh, I'm excited to see him a little bit more in these next six or seven games 
to end the season because that's what it looks like it's going to happen. Yeah, it looks like his minutes are steadily going to increase. Nick Nurse knows that the play-in just isn't there for Toronto this year. Um, the Wizards, who the, the Raptors are actually facing in a couple days. Well, now tomorrow, I guess you could say, because, hey, we're live at, you yeah. know, what is it, one twelve in the morning on a Wednesday, um, Eastern time. So um, they are playing technically the Wizards tomorrow, Thursday night. Um, so, and they've been hot. They've been maybe the hottest team in the league. So... I no, but the are Raptors are going to win because it would be the most oh. typical Raptors thing to do to win and make it close, you know? Like, yeah. they win the games but that they just shouldn't win, and they lose the games that they just shouldn't lose. So, I, if- I want Lowry and, and OG back. Um, I feel like what, what's going to happen, Orin, is we're going to get maybe both of them and then have Fred or Siakam sit. Um, but I think a game, a day yeah. in between, which is technically, again, today, Wednesday – uh, to rest is uh, enough for for both guys. Um, OG was out for rest, if I'm not mistaken, right? Or was he? Yeah, injured? I don't know. I I, I didn't think catch, that, I didn't I, catch the injury report. Yeah, I think it's the same stuff with Kyle and and OG. I think it's like, um, what is it with OG? A hip thing? I don't even really. We'll I don't just know. say honestly, though, it's tanking. Let's be honest. Yeah. We're tanking. Let's be, like, let's be honest with that. It's yeah. not that we're tanking, tanking. It's that like the season is so condensed and the, the Raptors are just like, what is the point in risking this for, you know, guys that could get injured if we play them when these games are kind of meaningless. And in fact, like losing probably will help us more in, uh, in the long run. I think that's where the Raptors are at. And I think, I think that's where all of us need to transition. Like, I'm yeah. ready to go into the tank mode and maybe start talking about some draft picks in the next few episode or some draft guys. That We're kind of turn this into the draft, the draft up, the the wrap up, yeah, draft up. I mean, especially if they lose to the Wizards, then it's literally going to be mathematically impossible. So then yeah, the games sure. will really be meaningless, um, which they pretty much are now. It's just not, not technically. Comments are saying it's a calf sprain. So, and I've had that before. Calf strain, calf sprain. Mm. Um, I've had that before. Not all that fun. Um, so, if it is that for OG, I don't know if we'll see him Thursday night against the Wizards. I'm excited, no, it, man. It's like, the same it's thing just... he's been getting rested for for the past oh, okay. like, two weeks. So they're on just and listing off. it as a. Okay. Yeah, it's like maintenance for his calf strain. It's not a new thing. Okay. Um, this game was uh, yeah. It's was, also I just remembered from the comments. Gary Trent and Chris Boucher also both out for injuries. Yeah, like a lot of people are forgetting about Chris Boucher, man. Yeah, I'm forgetting about Gary Trent too. But yeah, like the Raptors are. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird because I'm just used to seeing this bench because it's been so long with all these injuries. I'm yeah. used to seeing Gillespie and Flynn and Bembry play all these minutes. But like, yeah, this really isn't the real team. Um. And Flynn, by the way, he's had a bad couple games in a row. I think he had zero points against the Lakers, one point tonight. Yeah. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like he's so small that if the ball's not in his hands, sometimes he falls into that like thing where he's just not able to do much because guys can close out so quickly on him if he's like a spot up shooter. Um, 
And the way the Raptors have been playing is really like he's he's not a lead ball handler. It's more so like a free-flowing offense where everyone's getting a touch. So I don't know. I don't know what exactly he needs to do to get himself more involved, but he can't yeah. just be a spot-up shooter like at that size and with his skill set. Another thing with Malachi Oren for me is that I feel like naturally every game that he's given – you know, anywhere between like eight to fifteen minutes, he doesn't perform as well as when Nick Nurse trusts him with you know twenty-five plus minutes or twenty-plus minutes. I feel like part of his game at this point in his career is, is let me get in a rhythm first, let me kind kind of dictate the pace of the game a little bit, um, and then you'll start seeing Malachi his 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 shot fall. I really do want to see a statistical comparison between you know his shot percentage and, and everything his splits yeah. when he plays under 15 minutes to compare to when he plays over you know 15 minutes i think it's drastic man because almost every game that he's in that range he played 13 minutes tonight it just seems like he's his confidence isn't there he's not hitting shots you know he got fouled on that jump shot comes off that high screen and Patrick Beverly follows him. I still don't know why he did that and the whole clippers you know lineup was looking at him like you must be nuts man um, and then he hits one shot. And for me, Oren, you know, scoring one point is to me worse than scoring zero. So I'd never like to look at a box score and see that I scored one single point. Um, again, he's a rookie. We're okay with, you know, Malachi taking his lumps this season. It's not like we expect a guy to just come in and, you know, give you a solid 10 to 15 points per game and, you know, four to seven assists every single night. Uh, Malachi is going to take his lumps. Jalen Harris is going to take his lumps. We saw some really good things from Jalen Harris. In this game, we might see him, you know, fall off on the, in the Wizards game. And that's just, I think, part of being a rookie and part of being thrust into, you know, the spotlight so early in your career. Um, but, yeah, this was fun. I think, Oren, we've talked about the game quite enough. It's been about 30 minutes or so. We see a yeah. ton of comments, right? Yeah, let's so let's do, the, let's do the natural thing and, and get to some of these comments. You guys have any questions? Hit us with some. I'm going to start highlighting some of them um, right now. Um, again, I'm still shocked we got this many people here with us at 1:18 in the morning. Dude, we got some real night owls, or in, um, I feel like this is prime YouTube hours. You know, like oh, this is, is it? Yeah, YouTube... for me too. That's true. Yeah, for me too. When you're just really looking for some last minute content, you're like, good. Yep. I need, I need some shit, man. And you go <laughs> on YouTube. Need that. And I we are that. we are people's shit. We're the drug. We're the. We, I am the drug. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> Let me. Okay, we got a lot. It's a lot of it's just discussion in the comments. Um, we got you know one of the nicer comments. Oren, <laughs> are you doing, boys? We're doing good. I don't know. I'm doing good. I don't know about Oren. I know we're both pretty tired. We're not used to doing this this late, but. Um, not bad. Not we're bad. We're here for you guys. So. Not bad. I got a I got a vaccine appointment on Friday. I don't hey, know if I told you that. So. See, this so, is where we would need like a soundboard to just like yeah, yeah. you know, to just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm happy about that. Soundboard. Otherwise, my life has literally not changed in the past like six months. So yep. yeah. Um so when people got... ask me if I'm good, I'm I'm just like or like how are you? It's just like I'm the same. I'm just what I've been for months I'm, now. Yeah. There's nothing interesting. I get you know until my hair is cut. That's how you know I'll, I'll have changed. Okay, yeah. okay. I love I love that. I need to get a haircut too. My, I let my stuff nah. go a little too long a month ago, um, and who knows? I might go bald with the way my hairline's going. Um, 
Let's you know what we could question. do? Yeah. Oh, I feel like, yeah, we kind of answered this question. We did. How do you feel about Ken Burch now? Uh, Fred Van Fleet and Cam in the pick and roll looks great. Yeah, we showed a couple of clips um, earlier of, you know, Fred looking much better in his playmaking role. And then Ken Burch doing really well in this game. Um, they're both guys that are growing um, as players. You know, Fred, I think, is in year five or four? Five? Four. Cam, I'm not sure. No, Fred. Fred oh, is in year oh. Four? Yeah, I think four. I think he's in year four, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he looks like he's squarely in his prime. So this is the type of – these are the next few years in Fred where you want to see him, like, adding things to his game. I think we've seen almost the peak of what Fred can do. Um, we know what type of player he is. But this is where, you know, just because a guy's reached his peak, I don't think he's he's done everything. We saw with DeMar DeRozan where he was a you know perennial all-star. And then he just out of nowhere – you know, improved his dribbling package to the point where you couldn't recognize him anymore, improved as a playmaker. Now you watch him on the Spurs, and he's damn near running PG for, for the San Antonio Spurs. So um, Fred, you know, I'm excited for him. I'm excited for the progress he's shown thus far this season in a very, very strange season, to say, to say the least. And then Ken Birch coming in with all the circumstances, everything against him, you know, hopping into a team that doesn't even have a home, um, you know, getting thrust into 30-plus minutes a game when he was getting what with Orlando? I don't even know if they were playing him. No, he wasn't they playing. Them. Yeah, he wasn't even playing. They were going young with Mo Bamba and some of the other bigs. But shout-out to Kem. They, you know, they, they're both doing a great job this year. Um, I know we got a lot of comments coming in now. Yeah. And... Uh, Let's go to a draft question, Orn. I'm going to let you handle this one. Since you I saw this one. I, I, I can't. I can't say. Uh, if I t- if I tried to say, I would really be bullshitting. I just, I haven't. <laughs> well, I haven't let me pull up my uh, scouting notebook, Orn. Give me a sec. Yeah. I mean, I haven't done enough research yet on like five to ten. I've, I've definitely done some on, on one to five. But I think that's the next step for me is to do some research in that group and then in the yeah. next few episodes, be able to talk more about that group so that we As can the season comes to an end. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, I'd be lying if I said I knew anything. Yeah. I've watched clips here and there, you know, you see highlight clips of these college guys, just, just, you know, naturally I've seen some Moses Moody clips. Um, I've seen Scotty Barnes. He's gotten mentioned in the comments. Oh yeah. Uh, who's that guy in Australia? Who's a good Giddy. passer. Yeah. Josh Giddy? Yeah. 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 He'd be cool. I feel like he'd be nice. I like him. I like from yeah. what I've seen. I think I've seen, I was watching like a two minute highlight clip uh, a couple of days ago and he doesn't look too bad. I know he just declared for the draft recently. So um, I'm excited. And again, he's playing in the Australian pro league. That league seems, seems at least from what we saw, at least from what we've seen from LaMelo ball, that league seems to get you ready for the NBA pretty good. But again, LaMelo ball is LaMelo ball. So um, speaking of LaMelo, man, I know this is totally off topic, but man, LaMelo is a superstar, man. LaMelo Ball is a legitimate superstar. Like, the game looks very easy for him as a yeah. rookie. Um, I'm high on coming him back, for sure. Yeah, coming back from a wrist injury. Goodness gracious. The Charlotte Hornets are going to be fun to watch for the next few years, as long as they keep building it right. Shout out to Mitch Kupchak, by the way, who's been one of the better drafting GMs. Um, yeah. In the he's league. had some hits. Wow, Bridges. Three hits in, in Washington. Yeah. LaMelo Ball. Um, and then they signed Terry Rozier as a free agent. 
You know, you get Gordon yeah. Hayward as a free agent. They let Kemba walk. Everyone was questioning them, and they did yeah, a lot of good stuff. Graham comes out of nowhere. Yeah, that team's that team looks good, man. Lamelo, it's Char- he's made the Charlotte Hornets must see television. Um, um, Van Van Hoot asks, "Will you guys yeah. have a show throughout the playoffs at all?" The answer is, yeah, we're gonna actually switch this up into the into the the Laker up. Wait, no, the what's we should it be the Hornets. We should be a Hornets pod. Whole, we should just completely switch show. it up. Yeah, just no. switch up the brand completely, guys. You're gonna see new colors. Yeah. Um, no, we're we're not planning on uh, doing anything no. in the playoffs. I wish. But we are planning on doing some cool draft stuff. So yeah. I think we'll have a lottery live show when the draft lottery happens, and then yeah, also yeah. maybe a draft show when the actual draft happens. So any Raptors content, we're we're gonna try to do shows around, but. Um, other teams playing in the playoffs, no. We'll probably just be watching in our couches. Yeah. Um, a non-Raptors question, Horan. Uh, back to yeah. Naylin. I hope I said that right, Naylin. Um, or it could be Naylin. Or now uh, With the Bucks, yeah, exactly. With the Bucks beating the Nets back-to-back, do you think they can take the Nets to seven and beat them? I was going to ask you this and say we should each predict our – uh, who gets to the finals and who wins. So um, yeah. I'll go first. I mean, I definitely don't go think... chalk, man. What? Don't, don't go with the chalk Nets Lakers, man. Okay. I won't. I think the Bucks can beat the Nets. Yes. And it's not okay. even about this back to back. Although I guess this is inspiring, even though James Harden is out, but the fact that James Harden is out with, Nailed. uh, what is it? Uh, a hamstring injury is very concerning. Like there's like six games, seven games left and he's still not even playing. And like, you can't, I hate the idea of like a player returning in the middle of a playoff series and expecting him to be good. That's why, that's why I picked the Raptors to win the championship when they did, because I was like, you guys really think that KD is going to come back in game five and just be healthy and good. Like that's not going to happen. That's just you can't go from sitting out for three, four weeks to being in but an to be NBA fair, or let me stop game. you. To be fair, if it's if it's one guy that could probably do that, it might be KD. Like if there's one single guy that could yeah. just come out like out of nowhere and just start hitting shots and next thing you know he drops thirty on you, I think it would be KD. But to be fair, again, generally you don't see that from from anyone. Yeah, and Harden's game is also pretty dependent on, I would say his athleticism, his first step, things like that. He's not just a shooter. Like, KD can just get to his spots, rise up and shoot. Harden's a little bit different. Um, so I would say, yeah, I'll go Bucks and I'll say um, Lakers. Don't go, don't go against LeBron now. You know, I'll say Lakers, <laughs> we'll do that and I year. will pick the Lakers to win. Ooh. Even the, even the way the Lakers have been looking recently? I know, it's... It's very shaky. It's very shaky. Everybody drop. You know what? Just because we're doing this right now, everybody drop your uh, your NBA Finals picks. And if I see a lot of Nets Lakers guys, I'm ending the broadcast because um, <laughs> no, nah, you guys can go chalk. You guys can go with the chalk normal pick. But like the, the good Nets thing about LeBron and AD is at least they have six games to get into shape. Unlike mm-hmm. Harden, who isn't going to be playing probably until the playoffs. So. I'd I'd rather like bet on that 
than someone coming uh, the, with the playoffs. But yeah, the West is very up in the air. I would honestly pick Denver if Jamal Murray was he- uh, healthy. Wow. Yeah, but I cannot pick the Clippers. I don't believe in their center rotation. Um, yeah. The Jazz and the Suns, I, I just can't. If Pascal can beat up the Clippers down low like that. I can only imagine what a playoff LeBron would do. Um, the yeah. Suns are not are not it for me. And deep in the playoffs, they can win maybe a couple rounds. Maybe they can get to the Western Conference Finals um, if Chris Paul and then Devin Booker takes his game to another level, not just All Star, but real like super Super, I can't even talk. <laughs> Superstar level. Um, uh, CP3 does deserve a ring. I see your comment. He absolutely wow, does. Lots and of people I are want... picking the the Suns and the Jazz. Surprising. But do you think that's a sentimental thing? I feel like that's more sentimental than anything because I'm a big fan of the Suns too, and I love how they've been playing. They're a good story. But when it really, really comes down to it, and it's Suns Lakers guys, and you're going against playoff LeBron and Anthony Davis. And I'm not even going to say Andre Drummond because he plays like, you know, his brain is an almond. But um, Marcus Gasol, hopefully, who they still, you know, who they give minutes to, hopefully, we'll see. Um, you know, I'm going to start just highlighting some of these. I see some 76ers. Jesse says Jazz Nets. Wow. Jazz. I'm, you know, I'm not going to say much. And he says Jazz win it all, too. Um, Matthew says Bucks versus Suns. Uh, Sports Vibes TV says Clippers Knicks. We got another Suns pick. Um, you know, I'm not entertaining the Golden State Warriors. Justin, I'm sorry, I'm not doing that. We got another Bucks Jazz from Adil. Um, another, I don't know if I already highlighted this. Net Suns again. Damn, you guys love the Suns. Um, and yeah, I it's like when you think about the Suns, I can't yeah. really point out like a flaw. Um, there's no real flaws on the team. And I'd be really happy if they won because I really like Chris Ball and Devin Booker. But yeah. I don't know. I just don't I just don't see Do they it have for the juice? Um, their their centers that, also with, aren't that great. Do they have the juice though, Oren, in that five to eight spot on their on their rotation? Like you know how the Raptors when they won it all, they had Fred, they had Norm. You know, Fred was coming off the bench. Remember, Danny Green was starting, so Fred was coming off yeah. the bench. Do they have that? Like, I don't That's a know good if question. the Suns have that. Probably not. Like, they're they're giving a lot of minutes to like campaign. Who the Raptors it's done well wave. this year, but playoffs. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but at the same time, maybe shortening the rotation will actually make them even better because those guys, Javon Carter, those guys are getting a lot of minutes and doing well. But just giving more minutes to CP and Booker could actually help them. But I just don't think they have like the Maybe it's the wing talent. Maybe it's the star power. I don't know. Like, you have a very bad, like, I know why you would think that. that, Yeah, it's a balanced roster, man. Like, you got, I said it before, one of the best three three and D players in the league in in Bridges. You got Cam Johnson, who's playing like a really steady number four for them, or four, I should say, not number four. Uh, Aiton, who's. They're young, though. I think that's another thing for me. This is. All those guys you just named, their first rodeo in the playoffs. They're all like 16 years old, like high school yeah. lockers. You know, so it's just like usually the first time in the playoffs, guys just like don't ha- play that well. It's like you just need more reps in those situations to to go far. But 
I mean, Devin Booker's also like a different breed, so maybe it won't matter for him, and and he'll just come out firing his first playoffs. Yeah, but I'm excited for say, the playoffs. I, I, I didn't even say Orin, who I thought was going to make the finals. And honestly, yeah. I was going to go Nets Lakers because I feel like that. Like, I, first of all, guys, I'm not. I'm not going against LeBron. That's number one. Like, this guy's been in the finals every single year. You know, since Devin Booker was a child, or whoever you want to say. I wasn't even. And I'm, even gonna, I'm not even going to say it. That'll get us demonetized. Um, LeBron's been in the finals for a very long time. Uh, he's the best player in the league. He is one of the best players of all time. Um, and when he's healthy, which he's not right now, and a lot of people are mentioning that in the comments as well, LeBron and AD aren't themselves, which is true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still not going against LeBron. I'm, I'm not because I've seen playoff LeBron over and over and over again, and then I, I'm never going against that guy until I see a massive drop-off, which I haven't seen from LeBron. Maybe you could say you've seen it because he's injured in the last week, but is that fair? Small sample size? Um, I don't know. I'm picking Lakers. And on the East, I'm picking. Will you guys hate me if I say the Nets? Can I go against Kyrie, Harden, and Durant? I'm not even worried People about Blake and those to guys. Be jock, though. Okay, okay, fine. I'm going. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Lakers, and I'm going to go 76ers. Hmm. See, I don't believe in the Sixers. I don't either. And the only reason I said <laughs> that is I don't like the Bucks. <laughs> that's that's honestly the only reason why yeah like i like joel Embiid a lot so i would be really happy for him um ben simmons not so much but i just don't believe in their talent outside Uh, you know what's crazy you know what's funny i I can see the heat like a team like the heat beating the 76ers in the playoffs and i'm not even exaggerating with that so um, it would be funny yeah um so all calls out i just don't want the teams that beat the raptors to thrive so like the 76ers, the Clippers, the Bucks, those guys can all lose as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Just remember when the Nets are in the finals, I called that. It's just Orin forced me to go 76ers. So. <laughs> and when the Bucks uh, are in the finals, <laughs> I called that. You'll go Bucks. Um, what other questions do we have? Do you have any, any other questions? I feel like it's just turned into a whole finals debate now into the, in the comments. Uh, people are saying they love the Suns, any team but the Clippers. Um, someone said, um, yeah, man, this is going to be a fun year. I think this is going to be very different for Raptors fans, Oren, because the Raptors aren't in the playoffs. I'm kind of excited. What was the last time I saw that? Yeah. 2013. I was was like, yeah, I'm excited though, just to be able to watch the playoffs without worrying about the Raptors, you know, because usually it's such a stressful time of year. You're like i got to plan my whole day around this Raptors game tonight. But now it's just going to be like, oh, nice. Let's see what's on tonight. Let's see who's playing. And see I feel like I'll be, yeah. I'll be able to watch more games too. Um, so I'm excited about the playoffs this year, honestly. I feel like a lot of the wrap-up family is going to be rooting for the Suns. So, um, And I am too. I'm, I'm a yeah. fan, man. I'm a huge fan of the Suns. I'm going to be rooting for the Suns probably in the West. I always root for LeBron just because how can you not – enjoy watching one of the best players ever I mean, it's very easy to hate on the guy uh, i've never really been a lebron hater i feel like you know when we were back in high school or in um you were either characterized as a guy who was pro lebron or pro kobe because they were just so like it was like who whose era is this type thing um and i love both man 
Um, rest in peace, obviously, to Kobe. But I love both so much. Um, I would. I, I'm not gonna lie. You know, I've gotten into arguments. You know, attacking. You know, Kobe's efficiency here and there. I'm not proud to say it, but I think when you really step back and watch both careers, man, oh man, you can't really hate on, hate on a guy like LeBron, man. And then Kobe, you could argue probably Toronto's like his second city. Um, I was at his final game in Toronto. Um, and it was dope, man. It was dope to see everybody wearing Lakers jerseys, Kobe alternates. You saw the yellow, you saw the gold Lakers, the purple the purple jersey. You saw the black alternate. Um, it was good, man. So I'm going to be rooting for my guys in the, in the West. I'm going to be rooting for some of my guys in the East. I love Joel Embiid. Let's see how far Jokic goes without Jamal Murray. Another thing I'm looking forward to, Oren, Team Canada, the Olympic qualifiers. I, I want to talk about that a lot more as the season comes to an end. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited, man. It's going to be a good summer. I just I just need to get vaccinated. That's about it. So shout yeah, out to and, you for getting that appointment. And uh, games like today really make you excited for next year's Raptors because obviously it's too little too late this year mm-hmm. and they're still unhealthy. But when the core guys have played, and, and like I just said, it's usually only two of them playing at a time recently – but each and every one of them recently has been really, really good. Like OG is having the best offensive stretch of his career. Kyle Lowry just had the best off the best game of his season against the Lakers. Fred might've just had the best game of his season against um, the Clippers. And he's making some, some playmaking leaps. He's just playing yeah. really well. Siakam's if you take out the 54 point game. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Good point. Yeah. We forgot that happened. I guys. forgot that. Um, Siakam's been playing better, uh, honestly, since like if you if you take away the start of the season, just since then, Siakam's just been playing better and better. So, I mean, the core guys, I mean, Trent, Birch, Utah, mm-hmm. Malachi, you got to be excited for next year. Obviously, like it might not be a championship team as is, but it's definitely a definitely a playoff team in a full season and i'm excited to see what they have next year i need to see toronto play in toronto man yeah this is also that. Is i really starving. yeah and i think they will i think we're all getting vaccinated yeah. now by the time next season starts i'm very confident yeah we'll be back and it'll be a party it'll be a movie every night it'll be a party it'll, it'll be, be a sh- no. movie we'll record it'll these outside of scotia bank <laughs> arena like like Imagine. how first take does it you know that would be dope um i think that'll do it for us this was this is more fun than i was expecting again it's 138 in the morning we appreciate all of you guys staying with us till the end before you leave us tonight we need you to like comment and subscribe you guys did a lot of liking on the last video versus the lakers we appreciate that if you haven't done that do that um if you really love us you'll go on past videos and like them for no reason whether you watch them or not um but this was it for myself and Oren. This was the wrap-up, the official Raptors Republic live post-game show where your Toronto Raptors were defeated by the Los Angeles Clippers, 105 to 100. We want to thank our sponsor, Arv Qureshi from Remax, for supporting the show. Um, your Raptors are now 27 and 39 on the season. I need a fact check for that, by the way. Um, but, yeah, I'm your co-host, Saul Abdi, again here with Oren Weisfeld. We'll see you guys Thursday night versus the Red Hot. Washington Wizards. Westbrook, like I said, is going crazy. Bradley Beal's going crazy. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. Thanks for watching, guys.
If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. RCA's local inpatient and outpatient programs are founded on science and delivered with heart from an expert caring team who will inspire and guide you every step of the way. Call 1-800-941-2358 to speak with a treatment advisor. At RCA, you'll be in a community that builds connections and fosters support from peers and RCA's team of medical professionals. At RCA's state-of-the-art campuses, they tailor your treatment to you and also offer specialized programs for patients with history of trauma or relapse, for young adults, for adults 50 plus, for LGBTQ patients who wish to seek treatment without worry of stigmas, a confidential program for first responders and military, and a faith-based program. Recovery Centers of America accepts patients 24-7 and is in network with most insurance providers. Don't wait. Call 1-800-941-2358. 800-941-2358.